When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Hello and welcome to this BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast on cooking delicious meals from homegrown harvests with me, Adam Frost. I don't think there is anything better than growing your own food, whether that be veg, fruit, herbs, but then to cook it and put it on the table and share is absolutely incredible. But I'm a better gardener than I am cook. So I've got myself a new best friend who is... Cassie Best from Good Food. So Cassie and I are going to talk about growing cooking, a little bit of family life, also eating. And today, what are we going to do? Today, we're talking about potatoes, and I've brought along a delicious recipe for you to try at the end. That's it. Hear that? At the end. So we're not going to share the recipe <laughs> until the end. So you've got to stay tuned, because I don't want you fast forwarding. I think if, if you've not grown any vegetable, potatoes are not a bad place to start from, you know? Any experience with potatoes? So I did actually this year grow my first crop of potatoes and they did really well. So I was very impressed with myself. I did leave it to my husband to do a lot of the the hard work, hard graft. But, you know, I got a bit involved and I was really impressed by what we produced. They tasted so much better than, you know, what you can buy in the shops. And you get so many. We just kept digging and pulling more and more up. So I was very impressed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've got young kids as well, haven't you? Yeah. You know, and I always say that, that that first experience of taking kids out and connecting them and they're digging up potatoes, it's like finding diamonds yeah. in the soil, you know, <laughs> and, and the kids are getting so excited. And then actually as a parent, cooking and providing for a family, you know, and watching them pop a potato in. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. And the fact they've seen the process from the beginning to the end, you know, you can just plant something in the ground and it grows into food and that blows their mind, doesn't <laughs> it? it? Does. And then you cook something with it and they're like, wow, that is amazing. So I love that whole journey and the fact that they are part of that experience. Yeah. And I think also growing things encourages them to try new things because it kind of demystifies fruit and veg and it does. it's not something scary anymore. It's something really exciting and they want to engage with it so yeah I'm all for it yeah. I just need all the tips from you <laughs> exactly. to make me a better gardener <laughs> so that I can get so, on board so starting that, if I go back actually to a kid I went and I was dropping potatoes in a trench mm-hmm. for my granddad yeah. you know and that was my first experience of it and it seemed like the simplest thing in the world. And I'm going to ask you a question to test you. you know? So when you planted your potatoes, you know, 
were they first earlies, second earlies, or main oh, crop? Now we're getting <laughs> too, into too much detail. Oh, I don't know. My mum gave me some. What are they? What are they called? The the baby potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but they, so basically, your seed potatoes. Yeah. yeah. So my mum gave me some. Said chuck those in the ground, and you'll be amazed at what you pull up. Because my mum is a great gardener, but unfortunately, she didn't pass her skills on to me. So I did what she told me to do, which is what I do with most things in the garden. And hey, presto, yeah. we, get, we got potatoes. But I don't know the details. No, because that's the funny thing. And it straight away you think, well, it's a potato, isn't it? Yeah. It's a potato. It's simple, isn't it? But, you know, it, when we grow, mm-hmm. they break into three categories. So we've got our first earlies, we've mm-hmm. got our second earlies, and we've got our main crops, you know. I always think about the, the first earlies are the... Those, you know, you know when you go down the supermarket or you go to the local market and you're looking for those Jersey Royals, aren't you? Yeah, that, okay. That, that, now you're that, speaking my language. Exactly. Yeah. So that's those really earlys, yeah. you know. And and then the second earlys, I always think about a bit more as my salad potatoes, mm-hmm. all right? So a little bit more into the season. And and that main crop is is my roasties. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's how I break I'm them up in my now. head. I'm with you now, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think about your first earlys, they, they go in. In fact, actually, I suppose really this year or last year, I should say, you know, I didn't even put my first earlys in the ground because it was too cold mm-hmm. and it was too wet. And because they're going in about sort of where I live, sort of mid-end of March, and I put them in big containers. But mm-hmm. so that's another thing, I suppose, with potatoes is, you know, you can grow them in bags, in pots. You don't yeah. need a big plot, mm-hmm. you know. So once those first ones go in, mine went in, and then after that, 10 weeks later, the next ones go in, and probably about six, eight, even 10 weeks later, mm-hmm. the next lot go in. So once yeah. you set your firsts up, if you were going to grow one lot, I just grow the first ones. Okay. Because the time you get to the last ones, you can get decent potatoes down the market. You yeah, know, and, right. And they're the first ones that turn that are really, really lovely. They're you know? so exciting, aren't they? When yeah. those when the Jersey Royals appear, or you know, the first salad potatoes appear of the year, it's such an exciting like culinary moment. And you're so you you know you're done with all the kind of winter produce. Yeah. As nice as it is at the time, you're over it, and you want something new. And then they come in with the asparagus and all the other lovely things that start coming through. And it's just such a joy to cook with them and, you know, just some lovely early potatoes with some mint and butter. There's just nothing better, is there? It's so, it's such a great moment in the year for me. Yeah, no, definitely. And they, don't, they just take no time to cook either, do they? Yeah. You know, and I'm, sounds like I'm doing all right because I've put mint and butter in well, there mine. We go. So, <laughs> yeah. And would you just use just, just hot bang just with things like asparagus, things like that? Was that what you'd do? Yeah. So I think when they first come through, I want them, I want the pure taste. So, I, you know, I keep it quite simple. But then maybe a week or two in, I might start cooking something slightly different with them and roast them up with some other flavours. But the flavour of them is so great that I think you do want to keep it quite pure and just really enjoy that lovely flavour. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? So in a sense, that idea of gardening, right? So we nailed it. We've got our first earlies, our second earlies, yeah, okay, our main crop, you. right? <laughs> so next, you said about your mum giving you seed potatoes, yeah. all right? The little potatoes that you pop in mm-hmm. the ground. Well, did those little potatoes have any sort of... Actually, you know when you leave potatoes in the bag too long yeah, in the bottom sprout. of the fridge and they sprout, yeah. all right? So our first, you know, our earlies... Mm-hmm. You want those sprouting before they go in the ground. Okay. Right? Yeah. So what you do is you get that seed potato and you'll see at the top of it these tiny little eyes. Mm-hmm. And the best thing to do is stick those in egg boxes, old egg boxes. Okay. Put them on a windowsill, um, probably about really four, four weeks plus. Mm-hmm. And then you want to grow 
those lovely shoots. Right, okay. Because that then gets those potatoes away really early. Mm. And then, so what I do is I grow them on, get the shoots coming up on the first earlies, and then I'll rub off probably any of the weaker shoots. I'll keep three or four before they go into the ground. Okay. So then when I've got my potato ready, I, I will trench. I'll make mm-hmm. a trench if I'm not doing them in bags or buckets. And, and my trench will be probably about a foot, mm-hmm. you know, so you're younger than me, so let's say 300 mil, all right? <laughs> you know? No, I'm still on a foot. <laughs> Bless you. So, so they'll go in and, and then I'll cover those, cover those over. You know, be a bit mindful about frost mm-hmm. and bits and pieces. So, so that's your next stage with your potatoes. Okay. All right. And then, have you ever heard the term earthing up? Yes. Oh yeah, I there know all about go. this from from my first crop of potatoes. Go yeah. on, go on. You tell me. So, oh, I mean, I might be doing this. <laughs> that's wrong, good. But we basically just kept piling the soil as they were yeah. growing, and you know, shooting up higher. We would just keep piling the soil over the top of them. Yeah, that kind, yeah, that's, that's t- totally spot on. <laughs> Absolutely spot on. So every time the green gets probably about fifteen centimeters out, mm-hmm. bury the green. Do you know why we're doing that? No, not a clue. No. So <laughs> have you seen the green potatoes? Yes. Seen the green on potatoes, yeah. and obviously that green is poisonous. Yeah. Yeah. And that's caused a lot of the time by light. Mm-hmm. So by earthing up our potatoes, what we're doing is we're stopping the light getting to the new potatoes, right. and that's why you end up with beautiful. You know, potatoes. Great, okay. There you go. And as far as that sort of, you know, what we call chitting, you know, and and growing, I don't worry quite so much when Mm -hmm. I get onto second earlies or main crops. Okay. You know, for me, that first early is the one that, I'll be honest, it gets all the tender loving care because there's not a lot else going on (laughs) at the time. So that's all going on. And then by the rest of them, I'm getting a bit busy. So yeah, they just go you in get the ground. What you get. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if we moved on then, I suppose, to the salad potatoes, mm-hmm. you know, those mid season potatoes, what would you do with those? Oh, so I mean a lovely potato salad is just gorgeous at that time of year, isn't it? And you can really jazz it up yeah. with loads of different things. I really like a bit of like sizzled chorizo through a potato salad, any kind of you know, charcuterie or cured meat through there is really nice. I went to uh, like Texas once and they do a really nice potato salad with chopped egg through it, which is oh. delicious and like loads of sweet mustard. So like a bit of mustard and honey could kind of replicate that and obviously a creamy base sauce, so a bit of mayo or yogurt through there. I really like punchy flavours as well. So yeah, mustard, spring onions, maybe some crispy onions on top and Potato salads are just great, aren't they? When at that time of year, when the young potatoes are coming through, and you're having barbecues, or you might be starting to eat out outside, that's a lovely thing to do with them. But also, like more of a summery roast, if you chuck them around a roast chicken and just cook them quite simply in their skins with whole garlic cloves and rosemary or thyme, that's a lovely, easy way to cook them. And just they absorb all of the chicken juices and the fat from the chicken, which is just gorgeous. They're such simple, beautiful things to eat. So I think you want to keep it quite. Simple and just enjoy nice, clean flavours with them. Mate, if this was a date. Am <laughs> <laughs> I getting points? Oh, mate, I'm, I'm sure, like, thinking, am I dribbling? Yeah. Am I, is anything going on, you know? But it's magical. Yeah. That's all I'd say, you know. It, it, that idea that you're growing, and I think that's the point. People go, uh, why would you grow potatoes? You know, why would you bother? And I think what you've just described, that's why you do it. Yeah. Because... Point one, you know, if they're in your own garden, they're very likely to be organic. You know, you know exactly 
where they're coming from. Mm. You know, you've tended them, you've loved them, you've dug them, and then you're providing them for the table, you know. Yeah. And, and interestingly as well, I think you can start to you can start to play with varieties. Mm-hmm. So is there any particular varieties of potatoes that you're drawn to? So from the salad potatoes, I love like an Anya potato. Yeah. I mean, I probably don't know some of the more no. exciting ones, but I'll always pick up a bag of Anyas if I see them mm. in the supermarkets. Um, and like we said, I love the Jersey Royals. Yeah. Something which has a bit of, you know, a bit of flavour in there, a bit of sweetness and creaminess. I really enjoy that. How about you? What are yeah, your favourite? No, it's interesting because I think, again, we don't really, with potatoes, but different potatoes grow better or worse mm. in different parts of the country mm-hmm. on different soils, all right? So I used to work for a fellow called Jeff Hamilton who used to present Garden as well. Mm. So as far as the magazine, he was he was around when the magazine first started, yeah. you know? And in his ground, it could never really grow very good Maris Pipers. Mm-hmm. Bog standard potato for a lot of people. Mm. It's a pickup, you know, if you go, you know, you're going in the market or whatever. But he's just would never. And it was the first time I went, hold on, there's more to this. Mm. And over the years, I started to experiment mm-hmm. with with different potatoes. And, and I think it's worth everybody, if you're first into gardening, don't just go for the norm, try lots of different potatoes. So me, there's a there's a potato called right. So Red Duke of York, which mm-hmm. I use really as as an early. It's a heritage potato, red skinned. Nobody would jump up and down and you know say, ah, oh, this is the answer for mm-hmm. everything. And when I moved into not the house I'm in, but the house before, I put a load of these in. Anyway, I'd I'd gone away for a, for a week or so, and one of the kids had said to me before I left, like. Dad, you know, what can we take out of the garden? I said, oh, the, you know, the potatoes are ready, the Duke of York's at the end, blah, 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 and you can have this, this, and this. Anyway, a week and a half later, I get back, and nobody says, Dad, how are you? You know, are you all right? Did you have a good time? And nothing, none of that, because that's my life. But, but actually, everybody said to me, individually, what were those potatoes? <laughs> what were those potatoes? And I went, what? Those potatoes, those red ones that you, they were the best <laughs> potatoes I'd ever tasted. And I'm like, well, they're just heritage potato, mm. you know. Anyway, a couple of days later, I cooked some. Oh my. <laughs> they were absolutely incredible. And the other potatoes that came out of that ground that year, mm. yeah, they were all nice, but nothing matched that red Duke of York. Wow. So do you think sometimes there's a synergy uh, between the soil the, and the potato? Massively, because yeah. I've now moved and last year I mm. put in the Red Duke Yorks and they were nice, yeah, but they're not like up. they were at that other mm. house, you know. So I'm now back on, on that experiment-wise yeah. and I think the lovely thing about growing your own, you know, is that that you can experiment and you can try mm. the different varieties. And and I think, I don't know how much you sort of know about this, but what about like the, the goodness of potatoes? Because mm-hmm. from what I've read and what I understand, the more heritage something is and the less it's messed with, mm-hmm. actually in reality, you know, it is better for us. It yeah. carries more vitamins mm-hmm. and, and different bits and pieces. Is that just pie in the sky or is there some sort of truth in that? 
Uh, I think there's definitely something in that, certainly with other types of produce as well. Potatoes are full of vitamin C, aren't yeah. they? I think they used to be used to prevent scurvy. And, they, yeah. you know, they we think of them as just quite a starchy kind of side of the plate thing. And, you know, they're not counted as one of your five a day. So I think no. we dismiss them sometimes as something that isn't nutritionally beneficial. But actually, they have got, you know, they're packed with vitamin C, they've got potassium in them. So they are good for you. They're a good source of vitamins. And I think there's definitely something in that, you know, sourcing those heritage varieties yeah. for the flavour, like you say, but also for the nutritional value as well. Yeah, I mean, so so for me, I'm, I'm now experimenting again, trying to find the perfect potato for the new for plot. Garden, so again, I, yeah. you know, people have a go, you know, yeah. grow different potatoes. So next mm. year when you do, you know, don't just buy one bag. Yeah. Even if you can't, haven't got room for all of them, mm-hmm. you know, buy a few bags with some mates and all just have a little bit of an experiment okay. and, and try and do it that way. You know? I'm going to so, do that next year. I'm going yeah. to get a bit more adventurous with my potato yeah. growing. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. So so think about it, right? So we've gone early, second early main crops. So yeah. main crops are now your roasties, all right? And, and it, it might that's what they are. Go on, tell me best way to do a roast potato. I mean, there's a million ways to do a roast potato, isn't there? I definitely favour a classic roast potato. I don't want any of these extra flavourings and things going on. I want a really good, crispy on the outside, fluffy in the middle roast potato. And I think the best way to achieve that is by, first of all, cooking your potato to a point where it's almost falling apart. You know, the fluffier, the better. There's that sweet spot, isn't there, where it's not mash, but it's not, yeah. you know, just hard-boiled. You want to be brave with the boiling. You've just called it a sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's normally when one of the kids does something and then all of a sudden, I'm making mash now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, funnily enough, one Christmas we ended up with mash because yeah. there was too much going on, the potatoes overboiled, and I, you know, I was like, yeah. sorry, everyone, it's mash, <laughs> mash with the turkey. I was not very popular no, that Christmas. But, yeah, you want to find that sweet spot where they're, you know, just getting fluffy yeah. around the outside. Definitely salt the water quite heavily for for flavour, but also it helps to start drying the potatoes out. So once you've boiled them to that perfect point, you want to drain them and let them steam really well. I'm talking, you know, like leave them in the colander for a good 20 minutes if you can. Move them around a bit so they all steam and let off some of that uh, moisture. Then the baking tray is really important. So you want a heavy, flat baking tray. None of this roasting tray business with like deep sides because you're not going to get the crispy contact with the tray you want a nice flat heavy tray heat up some oil i think a good veg oil because it's got a high roasting point plus you know if you want to be fancy you can chuck in some goose fat or something for some extra flavor but a good oil that can reach a nice high point chuck in some thyme and some garlic if you want but you don't need it with a roast potato really so the potatoes are going to go straight into that hot oil you want to hear the sizzle and then put them in don't mess about with them for a good half an hour 40 minutes just leave them to do their thing because they're going to have surface contact with the tray get really hot and crispy then you can start shaking them up a bit and I like to salt my potatoes at the end I don't do it at the beginning because I find you get a crispier result if you salt them after cooking so I salt them at the end really well. No pepper, just a bit of salt. Yeah. Perfect. There you go, I tell you. Eh? <laughs> Talking to Christmas, do I get an invite? Yeah, I mean, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> if you bring in those potatoes, you exactly. can come anytime. Yeah, and one, one little bit on that, all right? So when we salt the water for mm. the potatoes, this is, this is how anal I'm going to sound now. <laughs> do I put the salt in 
at the beginning mm -hmm. or do I wait until the salt, the water's boiling mm -hmm. and just before, when do I put the salt? Yeah, because obviously from what I understand, anything that you put in the ground mm -hmm. goes in cold water mm -hmm. under the ground. Mm -hmm. Anything that grows above the ground, just mm -hmm. as a general, yeah. we put in boiling water. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's what my mum always taught me. Yeah, that's what, so, yeah, my yeah, uncle. That's, yeah, that's what I tend to go with. So when do you salt though? So, so as far as I'm putting the potatoes in, do I salt them in the cold water at the beginning mm -hmm. or do I wait till it starts to boil and then put that salt it in. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As long as the salt's in there, when the potatoes go in, it doesn't matter. You just want a bit of salt in the water content. And I'm talking a good amount as well. You know, like yeah. as you would salt water for pasta, think about it in the same way, a generous amount of yeah, salt. Yeah. People say for pasta, don't they, as salty as the Mediterranean. Yeah. I don't think it has to be that salty. No. But a good amount of salt in there to really get the flavour into the potatoes. And like I say, it'll help to dry them out as well when they're steaming. So I think when you're making your potatoes, you're salting your potatoes, think Italian. Exactly. Think yeah. like an Italian. Think like an Italian, yeah, yeah which it. is a massive scoop of bag <laughs> yes. and then you go, yeah. Problem is I'm getting in the age where you're they go, oh, you have to go easy on your salt. Oh, this, yeah, that, and the I other. know, but salt is flavour. Salt's great. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, they tell you something's bad for you and four weeks later they tell you it's good that's for you. True. That's you true, that's true. So, but yeah, so, and, and what about mash? So let's go on to mash now because you said you made it Christmas. Oh, How did you make the mash Christmas, fantastic. Mash is just my childhood. I feel like we we had a lot of mash in my household growing up and it was always buttery and fluffy and just delicious and we had it with pies and sausages and stews and everything else in between. So I think I'm pretty good at making mash. Yeah. So lots of butter. I should caveat this by saying my daughter is allergic to dairy, which breaks my heart. Oh, bless. So I have to make a little side portion for her, which I've also, you know, nailed a dairy-free yeah. mash as well. But for a classic mash, loads of butter. I actually favour either sour cream or creme fraiche over cream or milk because yeah, I right. like that bit of acidity that it gives yeah. gives the mash because it's quite sweet and creamy and rich isn't it so just a little yeah. bit of acidity through it is really really good and then you know I'm quite partial to flavouring a mash unlike the roasties yeah. where I'm a purist yeah. I don't mind a bit of grainy mustard through there or right. you know a bit of cheese some spring onions yeah. for more like cold cannon kind of vibes cabbage through there maybe um, I like mash any way it comes basically yeah, 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 but yeah. the key is yeah get it really creamy use a potato ricer if you've got one yeah. to really get rid of all those lumps um because <laughs> we don't want lumpy mash <laughs> i'm laughing because so my uncle who I, I suppose he's probably the reason that part of the reason i loved cooking i suppose as a kid i'd i'd spend my childhood was quite complicated so i spent a lot of time away from home as much as possible really and my uncle was a was a chef in london so he was a really good chef and then they had pubs and whatever and the story goes that they used to sit me on the side and in, you know, in the kitchen it, it, through a service and I'd sit and watch, you know. Mm. But uh, last time he came to our house, um, no, the time before he came to our house, um, we only had a masher and he was making the mashed potatoes with us, wasn't he? Anyway, so the next time he turned up, he turned up with a... Exactly what you said. He said, you need one of them, the boy. giant garlic crusher. <laughs> he says, you need one of them. You know, so, oh, all right, mate. All right, yeah. You get rid of that and he threw it in the bin, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I like that idea that you sort of, you're flavouring and... And those little, it's those little tips, isn't it? The little are... touches, yeah. My mum was the opposite. She would see me with a potato masher 
and be like, what are, what are you using? Just use the good old, I mean, sorry, a ricer. And she'd yeah. say, just get the masher, masher out. She doesn't, out. Yeah. You don't need all these, you know, uh, extra gadgets and things. But I do think it gives you super smooth mash and it prevents you from overworking the mash as well because yeah. it can become a bit glutinous. And it can, can't it? Yeah, it becomes sticky. a bit, um, and I've done that a few times, you get the sense it starts to feel a bit, you know, like Stretchy. when you're making pasta, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it feels a little bit mm. like that as well. So you want to avoid that. Yeah, avoid yeah. that as well. Cool. Mm. So that's good. I mean, so as far as sort of tubers, because that's, mm-hmm. you know, what potatoes are, do you, have you played with any other tubers? Because there's two others that I grow. I mean, I've cooked with lots, but yeah. I, haven't, I haven't grown any others. Right, no. so this is a good one for you. Have you tried cooking Apios? No. Americanos. What is that? It gets me showing off. Okay, <laughs> right, you're teaching is. me something. Yeah. What's this? So again, it's a, it's a South... American tuber. It will grow outside in this country. Mm-hmm. They get to probably, what have mine got to? Probably about four inches, look like a sort of a long, thin tuber, you mm-hmm. know? They make incredible chips. Okay. Um, I've grown them. I grow them in containers. They don't work that well in my in my ground, but they work really well in containers. But they're a great climber. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I make these pots up of this Americas and, I, and then I drop them in, plant them a bit like potatoes really, don't have to earth up or anything mm-hmm. like that, put a framework up and you grow them. And then later on, come late August, early September on a good season, you get an incredible sort of rich crimson flower that looks amazing. So you get these climbers and then the frosts come and then you sort of you have a forage through and you've got these new apios and wow. then i save some apios to replant the next year mm-hmm. and then i sort of chip a few up well they that's new to me i've never heard oh. of these and i want to try them now and You're so gonna have to sort yeah, me out with some of these. i will i will save you some <laughs> this year so again you know there's not just a potato mm-hmm. as a tuber and the other one that i that i grow that i love growing um is ochre but o c a Okay. Have you ever tried that? Like a little sort of, they come out about the size of a nut. Okay. You know, a decent sort of, I don't know, what, centimetre, a couple of centimetres mm-hmm. across. Um, knobbly little things. That I suppose in a way you could say they look slightly like small Jerusalem artichokes, mm-hmm. that, okay. that sort of idea, yeah. you know. And grow those. I normally grow those edge of a border. So I okay. don't even put them in, in the veg garden a lot mm-hmm. of the time because as they grow and the foliage is a bit clover-like so you've got this beautiful but it's got like a a furry finish to it so I pop those in once the sort of frosts have passed they grow away they scramble away and then if we have a good season you get a little sort of yellow flower on those mm. and then you leave it get frosted the frost comes kills the foliage off and then you can go out and you can start to lift these little tubers and, and wow. they're cute they're really, really okay. lovely. But again, they're just something a bit different. They're different, um, yeah. Yeah, and so what I do with those, they're not as tasty as Apios and they're not as tasty as the potatoes, mm. but a little bit of garlic butter, mm. they're great. And they're, and I suppose what I love doing is is cooking those those little oddities yeah. and put them on the plate and mm. people go... What's that? Something new, something What's different. What's that? Yeah. yeah. So there you go. So that's two more for your... That's so inspiring, though. That makes me want to get in the garden and, and be a bit more adventurous because, yeah. you know, as a cook, we are limited by what we can buy in yeah. the supermarkets, aren't we? Or, the, you know, 
a farm shop at best. But it's a lot of the same stuff. And every now and then you'll spot something new and exciting. And I always want to pick it up and buy it and cook it. And the kids love it as well. Um, You know, even the other day they had dragon fruit for the first time and they're like, what's this? Wow, it blows their mind. So, you know, being able to grow things as well that people have never tried before, that's just so exciting and inspiring. And I'm definitely going to start looking for some of those more unusual things I can put in the garden. You know, brilliant. I mean, mm. your kids are, are younger, aren't they? So mm. what, you four and six, did yeah, you say something yeah. like that? Yeah, whereas mine are older, you know, so they've gone through the excitement, they've mm. gone through the board bit, but actually even the youngest now, he's 16, um, just gone back, starting his A-levels. And for some reason, even with his mates, because, uh, you know, I've turned the whole of my front garden into a veg garden, <laughs> they're talking more. Yeah. about food mm. so they come round and they want to ask me questions you know so yeah. they've which is quite nice because I always felt that 16 you know vegetables weren't weren't cool but yeah. when you start sort of talking to this little group you know of lads and girls and whatever about and you engage them mm. you've got that bit of magic and that's why those different things when you can dish something up that's going and they're all looking at you as if well I've never had this dished up before yeah. you know so that yeah so give those different things a try. I will, you know? definitely, yeah. But I think we're at the point where the main reason we're here anyway and why everybody <laughs> has to stay to the end because we're not going to give the recipe away mm-hmm. to the very end of these subjects. <laughs> but you've cooked me a dish because that I was have. all part of our arrangement, yeah. you know. So go on, what have you cooked me? So I have bought today a tartiflette, wow. which is a very classic French dish of layered potatoes baked with cream and reblochon, which is a very gooey, rich, delicious French cheese, which just melts into the potatoes. And we've got some lardons in there and onions and thyme. So lots of the kind of classic flavours which go so well with potatoes. And I just think it really showcases the beautiful potato. It's classically cooked with more of a waxy potato. Yeah which is really nice. There's something a little bit different to do with waxy potatoes. And it's just really indulgent and gorgeous. And it will, you know, put your head in ski somewhere up in the mountains. <laughs> and um, it's a real yeah. rib sticker, but I absolutely love it. And I always cook this, you know, late winter sort of oh, time. Mate. It looks, so, it does look, it does look incredible. And I definitely, you know, I'm, I'm thinking up and get the serviette just to, <laughs> this all before, before we start. You know. And before we do it, can I just, Go back, because I, what I want to understand as well, you went to cookery school. Mm. What's the difference between cookery school and chefing? Is it, or is it basically the same? So I went to a cookery school which teaches like the foundation really of French cooking, but then building yeah. it in lots of modern ways as well. So you really get a great understanding of why things work and how things work and the flavours that go together. So... It's a great base level yeah. to like build your food knowledge on because you really get to understand the background of food and you get to learn all the classic dishes yeah. like tartiflette yeah, and the yeah. classic methods of cooking as well. So I guess it's different to chefing because yeah. you're not cooking necessarily for restaurant service. Yeah. You'll think it's more about home cooking, it's I guess. It's more about home cooking, yeah. yeah. Which is nice, isn't it? Yeah, I it's think so. Also, yeah. But do anything in that sort of professional world do many places sort of teach you how to grow as well? Not that I know of, but no. I feel like there's a real gap in the market yeah. there. I mean, how lovely would that be to be able to go along and learn how to grow your produce and then what to do with and it? And understand, isn't it? Yeah. It's all that, you know. Mm. So I think it is, isn't it? It's get out there, grow some food, mm. you know, experiment what you grow with, but then also, 
the experiment how you cook with it. Absolutely. Should we dig uh, in? Mate, honestly, can we? Is Give that it a right? go. Let, let's do it. Do I, good, do I go long enough. <laughs> Do I go the middle bit, which is a bit gooey, or do I go the crunchy? I mean, the I outside? like the crispy bit around the edge, yeah, personally. I, yeah. Like the lasagna, you know, the, the nice oh. crispy bit. Well, I do a lot of cooking in the house at the weekend, to be fair. So I do a lot of dishing up. And in reality, I normally leave all those bits. I don't serve them up. <laughs> and then I eat them all before I sit at the table. Right, here we go. Chef's perk. I mean, that's that's pretty good, isn't it? Your husband. <laughs> I've decided already he's got to be the luckiest man alive. I mean, yeah, he worries about his waistline. Let's I bet, say that. I bet <laughs> he, he has to does. run quite regularly. Bless him. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. It's mate. pretty rich, isn't it? Like it it's, is. It's really nice served up with some, you know, cornichons or pickled onions, something vinegary yeah. to cut through the richness of it. But it is like Dauphinois elevated to it the is. next level, and I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. It's, this <laughs> is like, all of a sudden, I'm really good at talking until somebody gives me some food. Yeah, it's <laughs> I'm just, gone. you're speechless now. I am. It's also, as we said earlier, it's really good the next day. If you fry up a cold slice of that until you get lots of crispy edges, that is just a showstopper. Not just a showstopper. I think that's... That, that, would cure a hangover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is the best hangover food going, <laughs> That's good, without mate. a doubt. Well, <laughs> mate, it's amazing. This has been, this has been the best way to spend half an hour. Honestly, <laughs> just chatting, growing, and and cooking. I hope people have enjoyed it. It's been cool. Hasn't it? I hope so. I've enjoyed it. So I yeah. hope everyone listening has as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you for listening to this BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast with me, Adam Frost, and of course, Cassie Best. For more information on the recipes we've discussed today, go to bbcgoodfood.com. <laughs>